people, it's your boy Chad Day from WWTV. What we talking about? Back in the building, back in the place to be. So check it out. Uh, what we talking about? We got this new segment we do on the podcast called the Check In. Um, you know where we sit down. You know, either one on one with artists or you know, saying creatives, or you know, as a collective, we sit down and talk to them. So um, this one right here. Um, this is definitely something that I wanted to do, something that should have been done before. Oh man! Um, you know what I'm saying? Every time I talk to this guy, let me say this: um, it's always been a respect thing. Fact. I think that's the that's the connection. Uh, we go we go back. I've known him forever, and like I told him today, like I know him, but I don't really know him, but. The respect has always been there. It's always been a mutual, mutual respect thing, and it's always been. Every time I've seen him, it's been love. It's never been nothing corny or nothing fake or no industry. You know what I'm saying? Facts. It's always been love. So um, I've been watching this moves for a long time, and you know, we 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 talk this music talk, and we you know we debate, and you know, and like um, I was thinking earlier, like. Sometimes when you debate with people online or you talk to people about music, there's certain people's opinion that you 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 take into consideration. And this guy is one of those people. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of y'all out there. I'll be like, ah, y'all know me. I'm a hip hop snob. I'm an elitist, as I've been called lately. Um, but this guy here, you know, if he says something that's dope. I'd be like, all right, bet, let me go check it. Or he suggests something, I go check it. So, um, you know, again, with the check-in, I wanted to come holler at my man. So, um, without further ado, DJ Burn. Yeah, oh, real quick, um, we're dropping the DJ. Um, oh, it's just Burn? Yeah, because I feel like I'm a creative. I'm, I'm more than a oh. DJ, so. Oh, is, is this new? I've been trying to do this for the past 12 months because people are in the habit of saying DJ Burn. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's all good. Um, just I'm just trying to get back to just Burn. So. Nah, I'm with it. I'm all for it. So, Burn, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's good to chop it up with you, my guy. Likewise, you know for saying? sure. We've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. Um, we just going to jump right into this interview, man. Uh, what is your ethnic background? I always wanted to know. You know, uh, a lot of people, I feel like they make assumptions or they guess, but they don't yeah. really ask. Uh, so my dad is black and my mom's Korean. Um, my dad was in the army, just like most black and okay, Korean folks. Okay, okay. And he met her over there, brought her back over here. And uh, my mom been here since 1979. And it's just me and my sister. So yeah, black and Korean. Okay, black and Korean. Um, I know, um, I knew about the Korean. I just didn't know. I didn't know if he was full Korean or, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Corey Parks. Corey Parks is black and Korean too. That's, uh, that's, that's my brother, wherever he's at. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Shout Always shout out to Corey Parks, a dope artist, man. Um, so, so growing up, did uh, what like what kind of music did y'all listen to in the crib? Like, so um, I grew up in a traditional American household, a Black okay, American household. Okay, okay. So my dad listened to uh, a lot of soul, a lot of uh, Parliament, Funkadelic. Um, and then, you know, just um, when in the early 90s, when Dr. Dre and them started doing their thing, it's just that was an easy transition to that hip hop music. So, so you grew up around hip hop, basically, yeah, for sure. Okay, hip hop, okay. RB, so so I, I, like, was Korean like what is Korean music? Like, I, I really don't know that. Like, um, like all I know is like K pop, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> Koreans listen to a lot of classical music, a lot of string based music. Um, it's nothing like specific to Korean, uh. 
it's just in a different language. So uh, a lot of uh, classical, a lot of uh, ballroom dance type music, okay, stuff like that. All right. So you, you said it was just you and your sister. So she older, she younger. My sister's four, four years older than me. So yeah. Okay. Was she always like? Was she the sibling that got you hip to music too? Like uh, fashion style? Not really. Um, all my music influence really comes from uh, listening to what my dad listened to, and then just you know looking at MTV and BET. Okay. Yeah. 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 So was like your introduction to hip hop like like rap? City and um, yeah, Rap City, um, UMTV Raps, um, those two mainly, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, spinning, all right, so you know, you, you're doing your thing with spinning, but how, how did it start? Did it start like before high school? Was you like in high school? So in high school, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. Okay. But it had nothing to do with music. I just loved music. Um, I didn't really um, even look into it as a craft until I was in college. And it's funny because uh, I started DJing just to pay for college. Because I was like, I really like music and I need to pay for college and I'm pretty sure I can put some music together. So let me go out and buy these turntables. So um, uh, one summer break, I had two full-time jobs and I worked them for three months and bought my 1200s with that. And the funny oh. thing is the next semester, I actually got, I was like, I could academic probation so I couldn't even go back to school and up until <laughs> this, where, where, where'd you go to college at? Uh, I went to actually I went to four different colleges actually I, yeah. I, I did a little traveling <laughs> um, I started out at Denison and then I went to UC no I'm sorry I, then I went to Columbus State then I went to Cincinnati then I went to Bowling Green then I ran out of money and then, and then I started DJing so uh, that was 2007 when I started DJing and I didn't go back to school until 2015 and I got I, I just recently got my associates in 2017 in graphic design Congrats. Congratulations, congratulations. So when when you started spinning, you started off on Serratos? Yeah, actually, um, I started on 07 and Serrato just started. Yes, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember when uh, Serratos became a big thing. And uh, shout out to uh, Paz, too. He the one that told me. Um, he's a good friend with my sister. They went to high school together. Okay. And so I remember the day he came over to my sister's house. And um, he, he told me, like, uh, if you can get some turntables, get Serato. It's new technology. It's going gonna, it's gonna to revolutionize DJing. So I bought that. I bought two turntables, and I bought this shitty-ass Gemini mixer off of eBay. Shout <laughs> yeah. Gemini. Wow, wow. So what was, the like, the first, like, records you blended or scratched? Like, this is actually a, it's a great question, because I remember specifically. It was Al Fats came down, and, uh, and it was L.E. Dumb Down. And I, when I heard these songs, I was like, these songs got to go together perfectly. Wow. Those are the first two songs I put together, and Ohio artists, of course. Wow. Shout out to Fat Al. Shout out to Veda, man. Classic yeah. records, man. Um, did you did you ever want to like rap? Did you ever think about rapping? I feel like if you like hip hop, like at one point like you you thought you could rap, but it, it just didn't connect for uh, for me. I was super shy. I actually didn't stop being shy until I started DJing because the people I was DJing for, shout out to the Alphas at Bowling Green, they made me use the mic. They was like, right. they was like, you got to talk on the mic, you got a chance, so like don't worry about if you sound cool or not. You with us, so you automatically cool. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's see what happens. So. What about uh, you? Remember your first gig, like your live gig, like yeah. Hello? So um, I bought the turntables, and the Alphas and uh, Bowling Green had a uh, they had an after hours joint called Plan B, which was really just like a, a open retail space. It was like a big room, and they have nothing in it but speakers and a table and me. And so I used to DJ. <laughs> I DJed from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And when I first started, I was nervous as fuck. So I used to make a playlist of what I was gonna play exactly. <laughs> order for six hours and I did not deviate from that because I'm like I don't want to fuck up I don't want to play the wrong song I wasn't even looking at the crowd I was just like I know these songs sound good so I'm going to put them on so what, 
what was you playing around in? Like, what, what was the hot joints? Well, you know, this, this was 07, and uh, people that went to Bowling Green know that it's 95% Detroit and Cleveland people. Oh, so, you playing a lot of hood shit. So it was a lot of Gucci Man, a lot of Jeezy, a lot of uh, CTE, a lot of... Uh, a lot like Mike Jones and Paul Wall. So just it was heavily influenced by people that that live from Cleveland and Detroit, what they listen to. Cause I, I, I always my one of my best friends from Cleveland, shout out to my nigga C. Um it's funny, Cleveland people always they always play Houston music. Yeah. For some reason. I don't you know, know, I don't know how that I happened. never found a correlation with that, but it, it was always a lot of little flip, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He used to love little flip and all that, man. They was heavy so, on the um, chopping screw music too. Heavy on the chopping screw. Um even Detroit, like Detroit has always been weird to me as far as like, cause there's MCs from Detroit, like right. Elzai, like M, you know what I'm saying? Royce, yeah. Proof, but then they got a lot of street. Right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of street. And that's just fast too. It's, it's a lot of yeah. upbeat, like 90, 95 BPM fast street music. Yeah. So when did you realize like, yo, I'm, I'm getting nice at this? Like, Real quick, man, you know, I do need to re- I rewind a little bit. Ahead, so ahead, before ahead. I was at Bowling Green, before I actually bought turntables, um, me and uh, when I was in Cincinnati, me and two other people, uh, we made uh, one of my roommates was from Dayton, and he used to listen to DJ Jelly all the time. Okay, shout out to DJ Jelly. And uh, DJ Jelly is famous for like blend tapes. You know, take yep. the acapella and put it over instrumental. And I was like, that's sweet. I should do that. So I actually we made a couple blend tapes while I was there. This is before I had turntables. Okay. I just I just did it on the computer. Just took acapella, put it on top of the instrumental, and we, <laughs> we did a couple mixtapes like that. That's like. The new age pass tapes, like, right? Exactly. Kids don't know about pass tapes, but um, <laughs> I know Soup knew about them. <laughs> so that's how I really started because I was making mixtapes and I was like, let me get some turntables and see what it's really about. So where what um. You said you buy You had a Gemini mixer What kind of turntables Did you have? Oh Techniques 1200 Same ones I got today What? Yeah same ones Classic And nice. I bought them used So I don't know how they are But they still work today Oh uh, and those are the same ones the Exact same ones Oh man that Shit How many like Needles you done went through How many like I can't even count I've uh Hella needles Um I actually replaced the RCA cables A couple times um, I'm waiting on Crate to uh, help me uh, uh, fix the uh, pitch adjusters, but Shout out to Crate. you know uh, those are built like tanks, so I'm never yeah, gonna get rid sure, of them. For sure, for um, sure. I, I just got tired of carrying them around, so so they're set up in the house. I practice on them, but they don't leave the house too much. So, I, I, you said that you used to have a playlist that you go off. Like, um, what was just like your favorite? You remember like the moment in college where you like really was rocking the crowd, where you didn't need a playlist? Like, um, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but as I was doing those gigs more than I got to do like icebreakers and, uh, and other parties on campus and eventually I just went with what I knew worked as far as songs and then just remembered like in certain orders I play them in because they, they sound good together and I would just go off a of memory because that way you can you can answer some requests or you, you can change yeah. the mood if you need to so yeah when like I know, college, like, spinning it for a college crowd, especially back then, probably 07, 08, um, is way different now. But, like, is reading the, the crowd the same to you? Like, um, because back then, you know, I, I felt like the crunk era was still, like, it was dying off, but it was still there. Yeah. The snap era, you know, a lot of Atlanta stuff would just yeah. start bubbling. You still had, you know what I'm saying, the cash monies. Like, right. Um 
really, um, the big difference is college people, when they go to college parties, they, they're there to party. Party. And, and it's get usually drunk party. get drunk. There's a lot of, usually a lot of underage drinking. So they're just there to hear good music. So it's kind of easier to be a college DJ because as long as you play whatever's hot, um, they're going to come and dance to it. Whereas in a club, you know, they can be trying to look cool and shit. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or they be trying to mack on somebody. So it's not really the same. But um, reading the crowd is really just about whatever's hot. It, it, it'll work at a college party for sure. Okay, because you know, um, you know, I was that much the usual suspects crew. Everybody thought I was a DJ. I really wasn't a DJ. I was just hanging out, and getting to the clubs free. Um, when, like, how do you feel about like sound like oh, soup? <laughs> 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 you know, like the the opening DJ, like trying to play like all yeah. the hot records, like. I know that's a sin, yeah. but they try to get that off. Like, you ever experienced that? Um, so, or you ever been that DJ? Like, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my shit off. Like, not really because I'm trying. So, when I transitioned to Columbus, which was like '09, um, I was opening for people like Rich Nice and um, and Giovanni. Okay, and I, I, I like I don't know why I never had a problem with that, but it, it just made sense for me that certain songs don't go at certain times. So nobody has ever had had that talk with me because okay, I'm like because okay. I'm. Like anybody here, I'm gonna just warm the crowd up a little bit, and then you know when midnight comes, you, you can play all the bangers. So I don't know, like it just came common sense to me. Okay, okay, yeah, because I've definitely been in clubs where you know it's like over oh, the DJs playing bangers, like damn, you know, you know. What I'm saying? Now there is um. Now that I'm not no longer an opener, and there's people opening for me, like sometimes I do encourage people to say like. Play whatever you want, cause I'm a seasoned DJ. I'm gonna recover. Okay, okay. Um, I like so it. I like no, no, it. it's facts, cause it's just like don't save no songs for me, cause there's literally thousands of songs I could play, and like even if you play all the bangers, I'm gonna play some shit that you're not even thinking about, and it's gonna get the crowd going. So how do you how do you feel about DJs that only spin off Serratos and don't use vinyl or never even practice on vinyl or so this you know this used to be a big thing yeah um, yeah it definitely used to be an issue especially for the older DJs you know what I'm yeah. saying as far as like it used to be a thing where like oh you don't use real records you use Serato and, and, and then it turned into like oh you use a controller you don't use turntables yeah <laughs> yeah and, and, controller. And, and then now it's just like I feel like if you can play two songs, you can blend them together correctly, and then you know what to, to play next. I don't care what you use. Like you can use two iPods as long as you, like if you can blend the songs together and you can keep the party going. That's all that matters. What fucks the game up is that people will have a controller and they just be pressing buttons and, and, and button. the shit don't be on beat. It don't be this right tempo. It don't be the right mood. That's where you got it fucked up at. But I mean, uh, some of the best DJs. Um, I went to Avalon and I was surprised to see DJ Mr. King using the controller. But it makes sense because, like, if you know what you're doing, why carry them fucking heavy ass turntables? Yeah, yeah. I mean. It gets the job done equally. Yeah, I, I always tell the story about, you know, again, being with the usual suspects, being with O Sharp and Rich Nice and them carrying all the crates. You know what I'm right. saying? That's how I used to get in the club all the time, carrying all the crates. Right. Dog, when Serato came, it was like, ah, like, dog, I don't have to carry all these crates a little more. For I me. do, um, like, I appreciate the fact that I came up in the era of Serato because I don't have to buy records, but then I feel like I'm handicapped because I came up in the era where, like, right when people stopped making records. So yeah. I can't yeah. even go buy shit on, on, on new, and then all the used records is taken up by people digging already. So it's like I, my record collection is small just because I didn't grow up in the era that needed it. So Yeah, and, and talking about that era, again, uh, 
like was it like the line wire like 0708 right. line wire yeah. like you were downloading everything hell of that yeah like did you have to listen to him though make sure like it was like a correct <laughs> I always think about the soldier boy how he yeah he, you know what I'm saying the fake names and shit but it'd be his record like, nah so what happened like this is a funny story one time I was playing um, in Bowling Green and it was uh, it was Cassidy drinking a two step <laughs> and so I dropped it on the right side and this one had a Windows computer, I had a blue screen of death. I'm like, fuck. Oh. And this is in the middle of the party and it's rocking. So there, there was somebody helping me MC. So I was like, hey, just talk while I reboot my computer. So he was talking, blah, blah, blah. And I just never played that MP3 again because I knew it was corrupt. <laughs> and the next day I went out and bought an Apple computer and I never had nothing with Apple computer since. So I'm like, that shit was the worst. So yeah, um, that, you know, downloading off of BearShare and shit, there's, the, um, the, there's even some, uh, you remember how they used to like, they used to put the track out and like in the middle, like it'd be screeching or whatever. Yeah, yeah, That's why you yeah. always got to screen your tracks before you play them. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Or it'd be like a drop. Like right. Like a random ass drop. Oh, yeah, for sure. Here. Yeah. But then sure. again, um, in 2010, 2011, it wasn't um, taboo to hear uh, DJ drops all over music in the club because, I mean, I, I, that's the only way you got them, especially with like Gucci Man shit. Yeah. You only got it from drama or whoever. So Yeah, definitely. When, when you're preparing for a set, uh, I, I know you spend a lot and it's probably a little bit easier now, but in the beginning when you were preparing for a set, like, did you play your whole set, like, before? Like, um... Not really, because um, I feel like the advantage I have is that I listen to music all the time, so I know what it sounds like front to back, so I know where to start it, where to end it. That's why a lot of people, uh, I was DJing with Tron at Get Right, he was like, you don't use no headphones? I'm like, bro, I know how this song starts. <laughs> like, I can look right at the right, screen right, and tell you right. the, four car, uh, the, the, the four bar count. So yeah, I don't really go through um, sets like that. Only like if I'm, if, I, if I'm preparing something special where it's like an acapella or instrumental, I'll practice it to make sure it sounds right. But going through the whole set, I don't think I've ever done that. How how do you? All right, because I know you're a hip hop dude. Like you're a hip hop dude like me, and we'll get into that. But how do you be like records that you hate? Like, but you know the majority of the crowd like them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you? Because I always say, like, if I was a DJ, I'd be like, DJ Killer Party, nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, play, I play like some, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like that only me and Soup, like, <laughs> that everybody else would be looking like, what the hell is this? Like, you can't play Royce album in the club, you know what I'm saying? So I, <laughs> I keep my sanity by... Every party, I'll play one or two songs that specifically I want to hear. And usually what happens is there'll be somebody else like, oh, that's my shit. And that helps me with all the other shit that <laughs> I don't want to play. Inside. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I'm not alone in this. Because I always think, like, I, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear quality in the club, right? Right. Like, I mean, he got some records, but overall, like, but people think oh, I'm a lyricist, I'm a hip hop dude, like, I want to hear backpack rap. Like, no, dog, like, don't ever play me backpack rap right. in the no, club. Like, absolutely not. Play me all the ratchet. Like, I don't want to hear that. Um, but in, in, in this new era, you know, everything is vibes. Like, that's a vibe. Yeah. Like, like, how do you deal with, like, everybody just want to, everybody too cool? Because, again, you come, you grew up in a college era where you play and they dance. Right. But now everybody cool. Like, so I tend to avoid those parties. But, <laughs> where? like, you know, I mean, you just gotta, like, we're here to serve the people. True, so true, true. like it has to be a balance between I'm gonna play what you want to hear and I'm gonna play some shit that you didn't know you want to hear it. 
and we're just going to balance it out. So I, I, I try to keep it maybe 80, uh, 80% of like what they want to hear. And then, you know, just, just try to throw some new shit in there to put people on some shit. So people come to me, like, oh, what song is that? Then I feel like I did my job. Do you feel like it's a DJ job to take people on a, on a ride? Like basically, you know what I'm saying? An emotional, like, all right, I'm going to play this, but then I'm going I'm to smooth it out for the ladies. I'm going to get crunk for the, for the thugs, you know, whatever, you know? I mean, I feel like we, uh, as DJs, do that, like, without thinking about it as far as, like, you know, you got your uh, you got your street songs, then you got your uh, songs to dance to, then you got the songs just for the ladies, so, uh, but, like, it really just depends on the party, because there's some parties where people, unfortunately, didn't come there for the DJ, they came there for the vibe, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so you got to contribute to that, but there's other uh, events where they came strictly to hear the DJ perform, and then that's when you put on a performance and you take them on a trip. Where um, you ever wanted to be on radio? You ever wanted to be like a like a like a radio personality? Um. I've always wanted to just play on the radio, but I've never wanted to talk on the radio. Like, I, I just didn't think that was something. I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't turn it down, but I never pursued yeah, it. You never, yeah, I'm saying you yeah. never, like, try to, you know what I'm saying, be on, like, the radio stations we got here. You ever wanted to be, like, a like a tour DJ or anything like that? It's um, funny that you asked about this, because uh, <laughs> I saw a tweet, and it, it, the person that tweeted this was reading this. Um, I ain't got no apologies. So I saw this guy tweeted, said, man, it's a DJ. He said, man, I just want to, you know, link up with a famous rapper and be his tour DJ and collect his bread. And I read that as, oh, you don't want to do shit. Yeah, you want like, crazy. Like, you basically just want to stand behind a rapper and blow up off of his clout. So, I mean, if I'm going to be a tour, J, tour DJ, I'm going to be like DJ Bonix or A-Track or somebody where it's, it's really a performance up there. And, like, I'm part of the show as well. Even Khaled, uh, when Khaled opened up for Beyonce and Jay-Z, he was up there, like, putting on a show it, it wasn't just like a i'm he pressing buttons on a rap yeah he was performing um I, again again i've been following you for a minute you know what i'm saying i've definitely been in parties with you and here you rock but i, I definitely noticed you can't be put in a, in a box um what, what is your favorite thing to spin outside of hip-hop like what is your favorite what is your go-to outside of hip-hop outside of the the or the vibes as i should say you know what I'm um, oh, oh head shit oh nigga shit right here you know so okay so hip-hop first and foremost of course yes um r&b of course um i like future bass like kind of like uh catch and shit like that okay, okay, okay. that's dope um and then i'm trying to get into edm i've been trying to get into edm for years because uh i like the energy and that's another crowd that don't give a fuck about what the song is nope. whether they know it or not they, they come into their party and that's really like what i'm looking for like i don't like parties where people come because they want to hear the songs that they want to hear like you should be able to come and just want to hear good music whether that's something that you know or something that you don't know like you should be able to see like oh I don't know this but this is a good song so I'm gonna dance to it so yeah hip hop R&B future bass electronic music EDM trap EDM on it so if you, if you had to define your style what would it be I, I don't know <laughs> I, I can't even I think um, my style is good music um, and I like to experiment when I can, um, when the crowd allows me to. But I don't really. I mean, it's primarily hip hop and R and B. But 
you know, shit for people our age and a little bit younger. Where, where? Um, I'm gonna take it back, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say some things that I want. I want to get your reaction on it. Okay. Because um, I know you're you're a creator. You know, what I'm saying you're a creative dude. Yeah. Like you dropped the DJ. You want to be burned because you're a creative. Yeah. Um, what does Black Tuesday mean to you? Mm-hmm. So Black Tuesday was a great project by some friends of mine. Um, um, serious ad and at the time it was Supernatra um, it was a great project um, that turned into a performance at Scully's um, which is great I appreciate every time people reach out to me to do stuff like that because it puts me in front of um, one it says that people trust me with playing their music and two it puts me in front of a new crowd so I can show what I can do um, but then that turned into an open mic series which uh, put me in front of a whole different crowd on, on a weekly basis and it got me uh, into the open mic scene so Black Tuesday is one of those pillars of my career that uh, I wouldn't be here without I love Black Tuesday man um I think I think most people know I used to rap. Yeah, I used to rap. Yeah, you know, was, yeah, of course. I was just going through. Um, of course, I used to rap, right? <laughs> I was uh, I, I, I was going to the mixtape that I was talking to the Super Bowl, and uh, I found your tracks on there. It was the uh, it was the rap over the rock right now beat. Oh, the C O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bodied that verse too. I'm gonna keep no, no thanks. <laughs> um, and, and Black Tuesday, um, I definitely performed there, and you know what I'm saying. So I always wanted to big that up and shout out Series at. Um, what does undefined mean to you? Mm. Undefined entertainment. Um, so when I was uh, DJing in 07, um, I didn't know Trek at all. He just happened to put out his debut project at the same time. And so I did what every DJ does. I was like, you need a DJ to hit me up. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I do. So uh, we had our first show at Capitol um, that same year. And it's been on ever since, really. Um, me, uh, Trek, DJ 100%. Um, there was a couple of people that was just there as far as like, there's more dancers as far as hip hop goes. But uh, we've been... Um, the Ball State, we've been to Cleveland, we've been all like all over the Midwest, right. and that's a track. Yeah, track. Track been doing this thing for a minute. Yeah. Um, what does WBRN Radio mean to you? So WBRN Radio, which actually started out as a third degree podcast uh, back when Mobile Me was still a thing, um, I think Crate had a podcast called In the Lab, and he would just make mixes or whatever, and I was like, that's dope, and that'd be a way to get my. Um, get my mixes out and, 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 you know, be able to um, show my talent or whatever. Yeah. So I started a podcast and just, just making blends, you know, just whatever, like, you know, best of Timberland, best of Neptunes, whatever. Uh, WBR Radio was a relaunch that I did in LA because when I was in LA, I really, I really wasn't doing shit in LA. So um, I started that July 1st, 2012. That's a nine year anniversary today. Nine years. Um, yeah. and, that's, that's big. And, you know, um, I don't really take care of it as much as I should because I really be getting like 3,000 plus every episode and but but they're like once every six months because I'll be so busy and I don't want to do the uh, you know I've done the the Valentine's Day mix I've done all this shit it's like all, everything I could think of i probably done already so usually when I hear a group of songs that sound good together I'm like let me put another mix out and I do that where where you, you just you definitely just mentioned LA and um I remember when you moved to Cali. Was that the uh, beginning of your weight loss journey, or was it? That was. Um, so okay. I, I actually moved to Cali because, oh, shit, I forgot all about this. So Nia Noel actually put me on the radio. 
Um, we start. Yeah, wow. We started Throwback Thursdays, and then way back Wednesdays, where I used to do a twenty minute mix on the radio, and then that was right before I moved to LA. But I felt like I was peaking here. I was like. Damn, I should probably go somewhere and try to make something shake. And so I'll, I'll figure, like, I ain't got no kids. I ain't got no obligations. Let me go somewhere else and see if I can make something happen. And at the time, my sister was living in Chicago. I was going to move there, but then she went to L.A. So I'm like, I'm going to go to L.A. then. So I moved to L.A. in 2011, 2012, I think. Um, when I got out there, um, I had my first gig, like, the second day. Just, just off the strength of me going into an open mic, I was like, you need a DJ? He's like, yeah, come, come uh, you know, plug your shit up. You can do whatever you want. So... Um, the gigs was coming fast and furious And at one point they just stopped And I don't know why they stopped But I just didn't get any more gigs So I was out there I was working a minimum wage job At a parking garage uh, I wasn't doing shit So I was like man I don't want these niggas at home Who gave me all these congratulations To be like damn you ain't doing nothing out there yeah. So I was like a year from now I'm gonna have something to tell them about So I started to uh, you know work out and lose weight And I think in like seven months I was like 150 pounds and it was just that showed me that if I actually focus on something and like made it a priority, that I can do whatever I want. And I and I took what I learned from that and went back to school and got my degree and, and putting that same energy into DJing. Yeah, um, let's let's talk about your 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 weight journey. One hundred fifty pounds is a lot, bro. Like it's actually one hundred seventy total, but it was one fifty in the first seven months. Yeah, yeah, that's all you. Uh, um. I was thinking about that because um, I know you ran a half marathon. Right. So 13 ha- miles. Talk about that because that's so, incredible, bro. So I moved back to... I can't run three minutes, my <laughs> <laughs> So, um... So this is probably a story that I've never told. This is exclusive. Wow. You got to drop drop for that. So I moved from L.A. to El Paso because I met a girl I thought I was going to marry. Um... When I was well, there, you. yeah, women listen. That's a whole other story, but men do some crazy shit for women. So uh, while I was there, I was like, man, I ain't really got no good degree. I ain't got no good job. I should go to the military. So after I lost all that weight, I started running because I was actually going to go to the Air Force. Oh. The only reason I ain't in the Air Force right now is because I need to lose 20 more pounds and I couldn't lose it. But yeah, so yeah. that's why I started running. And eventually, uh, shit, shit with me and her ain't work out. So I moved back to Columbus in February of 2015. And at that time, I had gained like maybe 40 pounds back. So I was like, damn, I need to get this weight off. So I started to pick up running even more, uh, more as a stress reliever and just more as um, to, uh, to lose the weight faster. And then um, as I got more into running, I was like, you know what? I should probably, first it was supposed to be a marathon. So while me and my friend uh, Christine were training for the marathon, um, we realized at a certain point that we weren't going to make it to 26 miles, so we downgraded to the half, and then... Which is still incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So I forgot, when was that? Uh, 2016? Yeah, it was 2016. Yeah, yeah, uh, we ran a half marathon and took a little bit of time, but it was definitely one of the crown achievements of my life. And ever since that moment, I haven't lost no more weight. That shit really fucked me up because I was like, "Damn, I, I, I ran this half marathon. I ain't got to do shit else." <laughs> like, and then ever since then, it's just been the weight's been ballooning. But I'm back on the journey now. So back on it. So obviously, being physically in shape is so important. But how 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 is the mental aspect of you know you was at a peak weight, you lost 150 pounds. Then you met a girl, you ran a marathon, and now it's coming back. But now you're back on the journey again. Like, how how mentally do you prepare or, you know, deal with that? Because it seems like a lot from the outside looking in. 
It is. Um, it's tough mentally because one, I feel like um, when I was losing the weight, it was something I never done before. So I was chasing that goal. Now I'm trying to do something I did before again. So it's harder to duplicate that because it's not as foreign to me. And I already know what it feels like when I get there. As much as I want it, it's not something that's new. So it's like, I don't really got to be there. And it was easier to lose weight in California because the weather is nice and I wasn't doing shit else. Yeah. Um, I, like, you know, here I'm DJing all the time and I got, I'm socializing all the time. And, you know, we always socialize around alcohol or food. Because um, that, that's just our nature, so yeah. it's hard to. <laughs> that's um, the black in you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's hard to. Um, it's hard to stay on point, but um, I got some goals coming up. So um, it's just the fact that I know I've done it before. I know I can do it again. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Like positive reinforcement. You absolutely. Know and um, I and I think you got a, a great group of people around you that you know what I'm saying that yeah definitely remind you that you can do it because. Taking care of yourself mentally, I mean, that's, you know, it's cliche, it's almost seen cliche nowadays, like, yeah. mental health, but it's a real important thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm, I'm here, like, I, I definitely, I'll be seeing you going to the gym, I always see you post your watch, I always yeah. see that, man, and it's encouraging, even to me, because I've gained a lot of weight, you know what I'm saying? I was a little dude, and, um... When I be seeing your post or you, you post your watch, I be like, you know, I got Apple Watch. I'm like, shit, I need to, you know, right, take yeah. my ass to the gym. So please keep it up. You know what I'm saying? You definitely motivating me. Nah, for sure. Uh, we we gonna check in in six months, and if I'm not 100 pounds down, then uh, we gotta talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we we'll definitely follow up with that. Um, I do want to talk about this, man. You went to Korea, right? Yeah, I went twice. You went twice. Yo, like, how was that experience? Like, so um, at a certain point in my life, I feel like up until. So I'm 35 now. Well, I'm about to be 35. Um, I want to say birthday coming up October. October, okay. Yeah. Uh, I tweeted July just because uh, July 5th is orange soda. So <laughs> that's the only reason I said that. Okay. Was like, like, uh. was like, you got July birthday? Say something. I'm like, July 5th? It's not my birthday, but it's orange soda, though. Facts. Um, it's a holiday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I had never went out the country until like 2016. But then uh, while, while I was going to school, no, it was after I graduated. I was like, fuck, I just graduated from college. I'm going to Jamaica. So I went to Jamaica. And then my mom... She has been there since 1979. She's only been back one, at that point. She only been back one time, and that was in like the late 90s. Even when her mom passed away, she, uh, she couldn't even go back because of some work shit or whatever. So I thought it'd be cool that all of us take a trip. Me, my mom, my sister. My dad didn't get no plane for 30 minutes, let alone for 14 hours. So, um, <laughs> so we went. Um, it, uh, we flew to Chicago, and then from Chicago straight to Korea. It was a 14 hour flight, and you would think like, oh, I could just go to sleep. Wrong. Wrong. I would sleep for I sleep for an hour, wake up, be like, damn, we slept there yet. <laughs> yeah, get up, yeah, walk around a little bit. You watch the movies, they bring the food. Uh, it was a Korean airline, so the food was the bomb. Um, and when we got there, we was there for two weeks, and uh, they're four, 13 hours behind us, so it took a while to get used to, yeah. to the sleep schedule. But um, Korea is dope. Korea, Seoul is like, I ain't never been to New York City, but I imagine what New York City is like. Yeah. Real big, real busy. Um, excuse me. But we um, spent most of the time out in the country where my uncle lived. Um, there is a city like two hours away from uh, the capital. Um, and we just, I don't know, we went around, we hiked a bunch of mountains, saw a bunch of temples, That's ate a bunch crazy. of food. We ate like five times a day, but we, yeah. we how, walked so how much. How food compared to U.S. food? So it's... 
completely different. And even the Korean food I've ate here, when I went over there, yeah. nothing like it. It's a lot of vegetables, uh, a lot of seafood, and a lot of soup. And so it's really not no carbs. I mean, they give you rice, but rice is like a, it's supposed to be a small item on your plate, like uh, kind of like a fistful of rice instead of, over here, like I see, like yeah, yeah. the helicopters. Yeah, so. fried um, rice and all that. So it's crazy that I was over for two weeks. We ate five times a day and drank a lot of beer, but we walked so much, I, I I think when I came back, I lost like 20 pounds just from being out there and walking around so much. Yeah, just being active. Yeah. Would you want to live there? Hell yeah. Where? Bro, listen. The second time I went, it was just me and my sister because my mom didn't want to do nothing. I can't find out my sister didn't want to do nothing either. I want to go to the club and shit, but she didn't yeah, want to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But um, I would, in a heartbeat, um, the problem is that, you know, to be there longer than 90 days, you got to be a citizen, which means you got to invest in um, the real estate there or you got to do some other shit. Um, but hell yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Korea's dope. Korea, um, the only problem is, you know, they're on an, they're pretty much on an island because, you know, nobody goes to North Korea yeah. and they're surrounded by water. So they're hella racist. <laughs> um, yeah, like people was looking at me, taking pictures of me and shit. It got to a point where it was annoying. But I'm like, I get it, though, because you don't see nothing other than yourself and, or, or you might see yeah. soldiers. But like all they see is people that look like them. So um, that's the only drawback. But I would definitely live there. In a heartbeat. So you never made it to the clubs, like or like. Um, uh, we went to like some bars. We went to a hookah bar that was like a club, but it wasn't really popping. And at that point, um, I had I had adjusted to sleep yet, so I was in there falling asleep and shit. But um, they actually um, you know, in other um, well, in Korea specifically, they still listen to like backpack hip hop. Where? Uh, I mean, you uh, know, I do kind of see that on like the, on TV though. Yeah, obviously, I've never been there, but I see that on TV, and it almost seems like uh, like mockery sometimes. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? They um. So on the way back, I was sitting in the airport. This is a big ass airport. It's supposed to be like the best airport in like in the world. But I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm sitting across from this nigga like that like Twister. It can't be Twista. What the fuck is he in Korea? <laughs> so I'm looking at the phone like, damn, Twista, Royce, Lupe, and somebody else was just performing in Korea, and it was definitely him. And he was flying back to Chicago. Wow. So I'm looking like, but he had on some, he had some wild shit. I'm like, you can tell like he ain't spent yeah. nobody to see. Him. Yeah, yeah, old school Chicago nigga. Like, he, 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 he was definitely dressed down. So I was like, yeah. So I mean, you know, they probably gave him a bag to come out there too. Yeah, that's dope. And. I think I think all of us understand like hip hop is so much loved more overseas. Yeah, uh, the culture, the real hip hop, right. whatever. And I think they love hip hop, hip hop. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Rapidy rap, rap. Yeah. Shout out to um, I wake up. We always talking about the rapidy rap. Um, branding, man. I think uh, I, I, when I think when I think of burn, I think of branding. I think uh, you're one of the best brand. You know, brand managers um, out, and I think that separates you from a lot of people because you're super talented and you brand yourself. Yeah, and you're not lazy. A lot of For people sure. might be talented, but they're lazy, or they just might be creatives and don't know how, don't want to share. Right. You know what I'm saying? What, did somebody teach you that, or did you like who was your mentors? And as far as that goes, like who did you look to? Mentors is a great question. Um, I want to expand on that a little bit. Yes, yes. Because I feel like. It's gonna be controversial. So Talk about it. turn your headphones up. Ah. I feel like a lot of DJs don't fuck with me in the city because I ain't got no OGs. Like I didn't come up under nobody. Talk about I am um, now. No, 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 don't get that confused. 
DJ Mr. King, Giovanni, Rich Nice, Crate have helped me. Yes. They like when I DJ with them, they've showed me like, oh, you know, you could do this better, or you should probably do this. Or Mr. King came to me one time and was like, when he introduced himself to me, he's like, oh, I listen to your podcast. It's dope. You should probably do this, this, and this better. But it's dope. And so I appreciate them. But King I didn't. Is the best. I just want to throw that out. There. Oh no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But but I didn't come up in, under no crew or nothing. So I feel like um, a lot of people think that. Yogi, Yogi, shout out to Yogi, uh, just put me on and I didn't really earn anything, which, you know, we have a talk about stimulus packages, but um, like I said, I, I don't have no OGs. Um, I taught myself, and uh, as far as graphic design too, like, like I feel like if I could do it, I'm not going to pay somebody to do it. So when it comes to graphic design, when it comes to logos, when it comes to websites, I'm like, I'm going to do this shit myself because somebody going to try to take me up top yes. and not going to do it the way I want to do it anyway. So that's where all the branding comes from too. Like I I, I see what works. I see, um, shout out to Tron. I said this on our, our podcast to the drummers beat. Um, Shout out to the drummers. That uh, I, I, I see, <laughs> I see Tron doing the TikTok videos, and it works because they're entertaining. I, I can't do that because it's not my personality, yeah. but I see it and I respect it because that is part of the brand. So uh, whatever I see around me, I try to incorporate it uh, into what I do if it makes sense, um, and that's just where it comes from. I'm, you even had a Twitch channel, bro. Oh no! So listen, <laughs> you got a Twitch channel. I like. I am um, only my best friend in Colorado. He played video games on the Twitch, and I, I didn't like. So I listen, signed up for it, but I never understood it. First of all, shout out to the research. A lot of you niggas out here doing podcasts, not doing no research. Um, shout out to Trav for doing research. I have a Twitch <laughs> channel. I haven't been active in a while because. Um, I don't know why, but I actually built a PC to play video games on to to go on Twitch because once again I see these kids they got thirty thousand people watching them live and what happens they'll play something on Spotify and all the kids go and run it so I, I, I'm trying to run those numbers up so I can promote my own shit on there. Yeah, that, that that's crazy. Um, I, I don't want to skip over you not having no OGs. I think that's a that's a Interesting take. Um, you definitely shouted out mentors, but having OGs, like, do you think in this day, in this time, do we need OGs? Um, yes and no. So I will say um, I'm happy that I am where I am um, off my own merit, but I do think there's a lot of things I could have learned if I had OGs. Okay. Um, not to cut you off, um, but are you an OG to somebody? Are you bringing somebody up under you? Oh yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Shout out to uh, Don't Fret. Um, I actually just started uh, training Don't Fret. She's dope. Um, she's definitely dope. And um, real quick plus, she's definitely gonna uh, DJ our party, July 13th. WW talk about. Um, we'll get to that yeah. later. But yeah, shout out to her. So she, um, uh, we went to DC for Orange Soda um, one time, and she rode with me. And on the way back, we were just talking about music. And I'm like, damn, you really like music. And so she was like, I'm hesitant to tell you this because I'm sure you hear this all the time, but I really want to learn how. A DJ and I was like you know I do hear all the time but people don't follow up so as long as you follow through I don't mind showing you how to DJ as long as you're passionate about it so come over to my house and we can make it happen she lives well I want to say where but just know that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a 30 minute drive one way for her to come over to my house and she did that shit every week on top of working a full time job, no, two jo- uh, full time and a part time job, and going to school, she'll come over. I'll show her whatever. She'll go home and practice. She went out and bought a laptop so she can DJ. Um, she bought her own equipment. So yeah, uh, she's been DJing for 
Um, well, we've been training for a year. Her first gig was uh, October um, last year, so it hasn't been a, a year yet for that. But um, she's only a year in. She's far surpassed where I was a year in. So my goal is to make her better than me. I feel like if she's not better than me, I failed. Wow, that's that's dope. And, uh, you know, lady DJs, I think we need more of them, you know what I'm saying, in the city. Because um, women have ears, too, you know what I'm saying? They Absolutely. Know what they like, they know what they like. And um, it's a fact that um, it's an advantage for her that she's a woman and that she's not ugly. Because I know some ugly women DJs. But um, that's, that's offended. He's not friendly. I want to make sure <laughs> that the talent is there. I don't want people to think it's only because she's a woman. Like, or she's pretty. Yeah, like, only because she's pretty. Like, I want her, I want people to be like, people have already been an orange soda like oh you oh you really know what you're doing i'm looking like fuck you mean like like this is me yeah um quick story about don't fret and you know uh jazz little ratchet so on them um i know y'all had an event you know it was all lady dj yeah, our turn it was a, yep and um I, I came out there you know and i i hit you up you know, I bought a ticket and I hit you up and I said, I'm coming out. And you know me. Um, again, I'm a snob. Snoop Super's a snob. You know what I'm saying? I got my ears on. I'm coming to party, but I'm coming to listen because right. that's what I do and that's what I enjoy doing. So I'm definitely out there and I'm looking and I'm watching. You know, I'm partying, but I'm listening. And at the end of the night, I was very impressed. Right. Also, at the end of the night, I was very drunk <laughs> thanks to Burn listen, and the More Soda Crew. I was very drunk and soup and we, I got pictures with you and you were there. Uh, definitely. I, but I was um, passed out on the couch, so yeah. <laughs> I think our turn was, um, I think it's dope. I hope you guys continue that um, and let these ladies get you know, get off. The problem is, uh, there's a shortage of female DJs, and that's why we had uh, Pastel and Lil Roger so uh, twice because we're like we're trying to find good women DJs. But I do want to say uh, another reason why I stress uh, practice with Reva so much is because she's actually real life friends with Crate, and I'm like, don't embarrass, don't embarrass me in front of Crate, <laughs> like because if you're trash, Crate will look at me like, bro, yeah, what you doing? Definitely, definitely. Um, Columbus, let's talk about it. Is and the reason why I'm bringing this up, I went, I, uh, I did my little research. I went okay. back in back in the day and some of your tweets, and it was uh, it wasn't you saying it directly. I think it was somebody else, uh, but they were saying like Columbus is a hating city and don't support creatives. Yeah. Um, and this tweet was at least seven years old. Yeah. I say. I think I knew who said it too. <laughs> um, do you feel? Do you still feel that way, or have your opinions changed? So, I say today is a lot of fake support. Okay. Um, I think people support where where it's visible, so they can say they, they say they're supporting, but um, I don't think it's authentic because I was at Zach Fresh listening party. Last night, shout out to Zach Fresh. Shout out to Zach Fresh. Um, besides me and uh, Jasmine, Lil Roger So, there were no DJs there. And I'm like, don't you want to hear the new music first? Don't you want to be like in what's hot? But DJ swear they support artists. Um, same thing goes for, uh, I've been to other release parties, and I'm looking like, y'all don't really support. Like, when it comes to putting your money down, there, there ain't no support. But you'll retweet it, or you'll hype it up online, or you'll stream it because you're already paying for the stream. So, But, but like when it really comes to support, I support by I'm gonna go out I'm gonna buy a ticket to your event I'm not gonna ask you to get in for free I'm gonna I'm 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 support I'm gonna buy the merch I'm gonna buy the music on iTunes instead of just streaming because I'm sure that, that's worth more money yeah. um, I do think it's better than it was uh, back when we was coming up because yeah. I feel like it was way more cutthroat back then it's like I got my crew you got your crew and fuck that shit very standoffish yeah, but um I just feel like there's a lot of fake support and um, people just really need to 
um, come together and collaborate and break bread with each other because I'm not going to have motherfuckers spend money come to Orange Soda and then not spend money and support their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like everybody should feel that way. So, um, Yeah, definitely. I, uh, and we'll talk about Orange Soda. But let's talk about the um, you spending... Um, for the music factory for Pepsi. Hmm. Like how like how how did that moment was that a big moment for you? Like were was that a proud moment or was that just like another gig or Um So, I first I first I want to say um usually when I do any gig Right when I'm done, I'm thinking about the next gig. Okay. So it's hard for yeah, me to yeah, sit. Back, to yeah, it's hard for me to sit back and think like, damn, I did so much crazy shit. Cause uh, I was in LA doing um, pool parties with Chris Brown and Nick Cannon. Um, but that shit's all in the past because it, it don't mean it don't matter now. Yeah. So like all it is no, is no, no. I mean <laughs> let's not let's not skip over that. Like yeah. I feel like if one day if I made a resume, it would look cool, but like that don't mean nothing when you're going to a club trying to get a promoter to book you to me it don't um, but um, it was a dope experience because uh, that was the first time I played a, a, a complete hip hop I mean excuse me a complete set that was not hip hop and R&B it was all trap remixes oh, wow. um, and I met a DJ uh, we was on the silent disco so it was me and this motherfucker was 17 years old he was a quarterback for Dublin Kaufman he was up there riffing it too and uh, to this day I still follow him uh, shout out to Shout out to Miss James. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure he with, he with PSG now, so he uh, opened up and do all that shit. But I'm, I, I was happy to see like, and he bought he, he bought my merch on his phone right there next to me. Like, oh, that, that, that's a dope shirt. You got it on sale. He bought it, and I saw him wearing it on his IG. I'm like, man, that's what's up. This little 17 year old white kid that I probably wouldn't even talk to yeah, yeah, if I yeah. saw him in the, at Kroger. But yeah, so Pepsi Music Factory was dope. Um, it was a it was an experience for me to uh, do something different, and I, and I got to see Carnage, and that's one of my favorite uh, EDM DJs. So, yeah. um, Breakaway Fest. Oh man, Breakaway Fest. Breakaway. Breakaway was. Um, I listen. I was. Uh, I'm about to. I'm about to tear up right now. I was. Uh, the day I was there, uh, Swift was performing too. Shout out to Jay Swift. Um, Jay Swift. When I saw my name on the fucking screen, big as hell, I took a picture of it and I put it on Twitter. I was like, I know my mom proud of me. And because it was it's moments like that, that 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 we dream of, and that was like I'm like 11 years into my career already, and yeah, like you know having a name on the jumbo jumbotron is crazy. Unfortunately, stay humble when you stand on the listen. And that was the first time I played something that I made, I produced, oh, I played. Um, I played. Um, I, there was a Sicko Mode remix I made And there was an Ape Shit remix that I made And uh, I've never released them Because I only played them there Because I only want people to, that was there to hear them The problem is Like 10 minutes and, and I recorded on my GoPro and everything 10 minutes into it there was lightning And there was like a 7 hour delay So they cut my, my set short And then by the time we got back on there It was like oh, you got 10 minutes And I was like fuck So it kind of fucked the whole vibe up But it was still a good experience Dope, dope um, let's talk about Genesis, mm. your first major song release. So, I, you know, like releasing music and doing all that shit I do and Orange Soda, this all comes from Dave Chappelle because I see what he did as far as like, you know, you, you work for uh, um, Comedy Central and you don't like the way they're treating you. So you you leave, you go build up your shit and then you come back and get the bag from Netflix. Yes. So I'm like, it's crazy that I can sit in front of a computer, make something, 
upload it, have everybody consume it and get paid from it. And um, as a natural creative, I've always, just like everybody that's in hip hop, like always like wrote some lyrics. Yeah. I'm sure everybody's wanted to make a beat too. So I just actually, yeah, absolutely. So I just sat down um, and just did some research on YouTube like I always do um, and put some sounds together. I was like, this sounds all right. And then, so what I did with Genesis, I just put it out. I, I didn't tell anybody it was out. I just put it online because I'm like, I wonder if this would catch anybody's ear. It didn't. But so I put it on a uh, end of year hip hop playlist that I made, and I don't know who the fuck is playing this, but it gets like 50 plays a day because I think somebody, maybe some store in, uh, it's in Canada, but maybe some store in Canada got that shit on loop or something. But that shit gets 50 plays a day. I'm like, that's dope. And the first payout I saw was like 12. dollars I'm like, I don't care what this dollar amount is. Yeah. Somebody actually is giving me money to the awesome shit I made in my bedroom. That's dope. So I'm uh I started fucking with Fruity Loose before I started DJing. Okay. Um, but I never took it seriously. So now I'm trying to focus my energy into production and seeing how I can make that shake. And uh, me and Trek got a new song. I call Statement. Make sure you get that. Yes, I was gonna ask you. <laughs> uh, you and you and Trek got y'all just dropped a new joint. So yeah, that, that was long overdue. Um, I said I was always gonna make EDM music because I ain't gotta fuck with no rappers. I ain't gotta wait for no verses. I ain't got to, you know, argue about the creativity. But I heard the uh, Pusha T got a song called Burial, which is a trap EDM song. The song that's on the Arby's commercial. Okay. And I was like, damn, I, I, I should probably make something like this. Because Genesis, while it's dope, that's not for everybody. Um, but if I get somebody rapping on some shit like this, if you like rap a little bit, like even though this sound might not be for you, you'll still listen to it because you want to hear the words. So I was like, this is the perfect blend. And this is for, I'm trying to bring Trek into this world so so we can start doing the Trap EDM shit together. Um, so I just feel like it was the perfect merger. And if I'm going to have somebody rap for my beats, it's only the, the first person I'm going to call yeah, is Trek. It's your man. Yeah. All right. So, um, Orange Soda. Orange Soda. Orange Soda. Um, I, I say this and I say it proudly and I, I might say it too much and, you know, people look at me crazy. But I always say, yeah, I was at the very first one. Um, I was there. It was in the hood. Yeah, we was traveling off uh, Maine and uh, Kelton. Um, I parked in a dirty-ass parking lot and I was real mad. I was like, damn, these niggas got me It was gravel. <laughs> yep, gravel. And I walked in and, um, you know. And it was rocking, and like you know, I'm the old guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm the I'm the OG, whatever, whatever. But I was in there, and the music they were playing was from the days when I was heavy in the club, like right. dancing and you know all that. And I'm in there like, and it was bring your own bottle. And shout out to my man Mike. We was drinking, and <laughs> I mean the place went crazy. And it's you know you know me. I'm mixy. I'm mixy. You know it's, it's, it's documented, right? But I, I stayed the whole time until it was over, and I, you know I really had a good time, and um, I was like, wow, this is dope. I hope they keep going, and, and to and see and where listen, it is today. We kept going. Yeah, definitely see what it is today. I, I, I'm I'm inspired, and that low key inspired this interview, and it was like. Because I was there from the beginning. You know how you hear about something that's dope and you catch up right. later. But actually watching something grow, I thought it was important. So um, talk about it. Like, how did it come to fruition? So this is a culmination of a bunch of things. So I'm going to tell you Malcolm's side first. Shout out to Akees. Shout out to um, Akees. So he had an idea about doing a party called Grape Soda to take it back to house party days when you used to, you know, go into the basement, get your twerk on the wall, put the jeans stain on the wall, uh, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Never really happened. 
So we're also in this uh, chat called Church on the Drums where we talk about hip hop all the time. And we used to have kickbacks. Uh, shout out to my, my, my nigga Ty. We had him at his house. He, he lived off of Allen Creek. And the shit used, used to rock, but the police used to always come and shut it down. And it was rocking because I was DJing off the laptop, just playing off iTunes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so it was those two energies. And on top of the fact that when I moved back in February 2015, uh, there was a few people that fucked with me. Shout out to Marlon and some other people. But people, promoters really wasn't fucking with me. Shout out to Marlon, though. There's some people like, I saw two years later, it was like, don't you still live in LA? I'm like, Nick, I've been here for two years. <laughs> so it was, uh, so that got me feeling like, if niggas aren't going to book me, I'm going to book my own shit. Um, and there was a, um, I ain't going to say they say their name because I don't know if it's public information. There's a DJ that I know used to buy radio time just to spin. And like it was kind of like an hour block of a commercial. So I was like, I'm going to use the same idea. So I'm going to rent out a place. I'm going to pay my bread. I'm going to make it free. And I'm going to make it BYOB. So there's no reason not to come. Yeah. And we're going to make it on Friday. So ain't should do uh, in Columbus on Friday. Well, there yes. wasn't. And so... We're going to take the idea that uh, Malcolm had, house party idea, I mean, house party vibes, back to what we used to do. But we ain't going to do the 90s parties, because 90 parties, they're cool, but... They get played out for you. Yeah, they're played out. So I'm like, the 2000s was it, because I was in college in the 2000s. I remember when Diplomatic Community and Give Rich Die Trying, is all you hear heard at, uh, at the cages on campus, you know what I mean? So I'm like, we should bring that shit back, 2000s party, and car orange soda. And the original plan was just for me to be like I don't mind paying $200 a month is basically me paying for advertising yes. so motherfuckers would come see me know I know what I'm doing and just book me for something else that was the original plan so we did that first orange soda at, at that spot on Main and uh, Kelton um, oh and another thing it was, it, it was supposed to be a party from 9 to 12 that way when you got done you could still go to the club so there was literally no reason for you not to come like yep. whether if you wanted to get out and do something early, do something early because we older so we don't like being out to 2 in the morning bet so so we did that. It was a huge success. Um, so we did the second one. We, we had to pick another venue because the venue wasn't working out. The second one was at the second one was at Art of Republic. Um, uh, in the short north It was negative 10 degrees outside And when I tell you Motherfuckers were lining up Down the street Like it was a point We had to stop letting people in Cause it's like It was an art gallery The shit wasn't yeah. that big um, But w- what changed my mind About everything is that I guess um, Shout out to Bobby Couch It was either Bobby or B.I. Somebody was letting niggas in For the 20 <laughs> So when they handed me $400 at the end of the night I was like Oh shit, we got something. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so for so from there, uh, we just found bigger and bigger venues where we can do BYOB um, until Orange Soda Four when the shit got shut down by the fire marshal. Facts, bro. That shit got shut down in forty five minutes. Yep. That shit was at capacity in forty five minutes. And um, after that, we decided that uh, BYOB wasn't gonna be the move no more because uh, I ain't trying to get yeah, locked in. Um, this is always funny to me. Um, the kid that was hating. The kid that was hating and y'all made the t-shirt out. Oh yeah, that shit is the best shit ever. Like, I, cause I I don't remember the tweet, but I remember like again retweeted and then y'all turned it into a t-shirt. I and I thought that was the dopest shit ever. And I know that kid hates himself. Not you know what I'm saying he probably looking like. So here's like, the damn, thing. I, you know I fucked up. <laughs> so that was that was the first one that wasn't BYOB. It was at Copious. Um, and that was also the first one where we sold out presale. We sold out the venue presale. Four hundred people. 
300 people. So um, they came. They obviously didn't have a good time. So they tweeted the next day. This is back in the day when niggas used to hate orange soda publicly. Um, yes. That orange soda shit is whack. Never go there. And so we had a whole team of people. They was all getting fired up. I'm like, you know, it's all good. Like me me working for uh, for Apple, I know there's n- nobody has 100% customer satisfaction. So somebody's not going to be happy. So I was like, I'm going to make like this person obviously wanted attention. I only had three likes and one retweet. Yep. You want some attention. I'm going to give you some attention. So the next orange soda. Um, I had it printed out on a t-shirt and I sweat a lot. I mean, you know, you know, big news. We sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't going to put it on, but you know, I, I, I put it on a t-shirt and I laid it out in front of my, um, uh, uh, in front of my controller. So everybody can see like this person obviously didn't have a good time at orange soda. It's too bad for them. Yeah. And then, and then uh shout out to Juve. He took a picture of me holding a t-shirt and I was like, Inception. I'm gonna take that picture and put it on a t-shirt, and I sold it as official merch. So hopefully that person got some followers off of it. Yes. Um, your promo videos, yo. I, every trip, yo, I'm dying. Like you I can't one today? believe. Yes. <laughs> Bro, let's tell, tell my guy Will Pounder stop rapping. <laughs> I love you, Will. He's the only one that got rapping. the courage to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but your promo videos. Who's the creative behind that? Um, so it's really a group effort. Like we, we sit around, we have meetings weekly, and we brainstorm ideas. Um, we've had um, the "Just Hold On, We're Going Home" video, which is like the uh, you know the um, the an emoji with, uh, with the yeah, and, 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 we, and we just did that from Migos. Um, we had the now that's what I call music. Um, we did that. Um, Oh, it's you gotta go on Twitter. <laughs> um, the, the, um, IG kept taking the shit down. Um, what else did we? Oh, and when last week, last month we did the um, the, juvie the juvie one because I like I don't know why I thought of that, but I thought it'd be dope if we just because you know what, you know what, what happened was I was listening to a Bomani podcast. He interviewed Juvenile and they was talking about high and how that that flow was so unique at the time. Yeah. I was like, what if a nigga walked around talking like that? I was like, damn, what if somebody talk about orange soda like that? So it's just like shit that I think of that I think is funny. Or just a little bit corny because orange soda is, is another party, like we preach from the beginning that it's it's not for cool people. Yeah, like, don't don't wear heels. Don't come and be on your phone and tweeting. Like you can do that shit from home for real. We don't need that. Like, yeah. like you're taking a space for somebody else to actually want to come kick it. And so we want to make sure that everybody knows it's all inclusive. So we don't mind making fun of ourselves. We don't mind um having a good time. And that's what all these videos are about. Um the the Usher joint. The signature dance. Listen, man, I don't know. Where'd that come from, yo? So that started. <laughs> that, that is crazy. That definitely started at Copious. Oh, where? Okay. Um, I don't know who started it or why they started it, but we're going to talk about Super at Copious in, for, in a second. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, but. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> of funny snoops, snoops, Listen, snoops stories, man. man. I don't know. Someday they get drunk every time. I, anyways. Yeah, so. Um, I don't know what happened, but. Um, I have a folder of everything that Neptune's ever made. It's like an 18 gigabyte folder. So I used to warm up the parties. Good idea. <laughs> this was uh, this was back when um, I, like I was the only one DJing, so I was DJing for like five hours. So I used to warm up the parties with fast shit, like still good music, but you know you don't really want to hit play fronting or something or change clothes at peak hours because it's not really a peak track. It's a good track, but it's not a peak track. So I play. You don't have to call. And somebody started doing an electric electric slide, and I'm like, that's what's up. And so I did it the next party. Somebody did it again. And now it's to the point where if you play that song at another party, 
a nigga will start ledger sliding because yes. they already know what it is. So that that is a moment, and I, I I think it's a beautiful moment. You know what I'm saying? Wait till everybody comes together and, and pause. But you know what I'm saying? Everybody rocking out together, and I that's that's what you're supposed to do in those atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? You supposed to party, and I, I love it. Wait till um Orange Soda Fest when you see three thousand people doing that. Let's 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 get there real quick though. I do want to rewind. Uh, we asked about creatives. Um, we did a dance instruction video for people that didn't know dances to certain songs like the chicken head and the motorcycle uh, um, that was Bobby Couch's idea Bobby Couch used to be part of the team and he, and he left it in his own merit but a, a lot of the ideas like, like I said like, I'd be lying to say it was just me because okay. it's not but, it's dope yeah it's dope um, Orange Soda Festival yeah so that be, before like again and, I, and like I say all the time I was there at the very first one so for y'all to be doing a damn festival in Columbus Ohio where you know for for our listeners outside of Ohio you know what I'm saying y'all don't understand right you know what I'm saying y'all y'all don't y'all y'all would have to live in in my city to really understand Columbus is the biggest little city yes mm-hmm. like so for them to do a festival. Is, is amazing and needs to be saluted and that's what I'm doing um, paying homage you know it, it definitely needs to be talked about um, that shit is amazing bro like how how you don't have to go into details of how it came together but when, when was the when was it put into the atmosphere like yo let's do a festival so um, more exclusive shit so we had our anniversary in November of 2018. Uh, we was trying to get a national act for that, but the money wasn't right. Man, we almost... Uh, look, listen, you about to get some behind-the-scenes shit. We almost gave Brittany Renner five grand, bro. Brittany Renner? Yes, because... <laughs> Damn! Because um, she... Had, and this is before her book came out, before she, yeah, like, yeah, blue, yeah. blue. But uh, she had nothing to do with Orange Soda, but we, we figured, like, if it's a national um, IG personality and she put it on her story, it would give us more national buzz because yes. that's part of the plan is to try to move around in the country. Brittany Renner. She got Columbus ties, too. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, five bands, bro. I'm like, Nick, listen, I, I can't do it. You can't do it. So, uh, can't do it. There was other people that we tried to get for now. National, um, as far as national performers, I'll tell you, we're not recording because we don't get them in the future. Sure. But um, it just didn't work out. So we just got an all-star lineup of DJs. Shout out to Tron, Bono, Satelle, um, and I think... Uh, that was one of the Don't Fresh gigs too And then me But We were like We're gonna bring a national artist To Orange Soda And then we just thought like Why don't we just do a festival Why don't we bring A whole bunch of people Why don't we do it outdoors And then make it shake So uh, Shout out to Bobby Fame He actually came to us Bobby Fame is one of those people that Wants to see people succeed. Yes, he and, definitely have to have what we talking about. So yes, and he uses his influence and his money to um, to give you a boost, and that's how this all came together. He came to us um, thinking that like, um, well, we should do a festival. He, had, I think we talked about it maybe in February for like a March thing, but the timing just didn't work out. So um, we just put our heads together and decided that why not Why not make it a festival? A lot of things that we want to do as far as activations, uh, we can't do because the venues like their bars. So um, the last Orange Soda, we set up a PlayStation 2 and a TV and one of the little TV cars you used to have in, 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 uh, in elementary school yeah. and couches. But it's still like we have limited room in there, so we can't do everything we want to do. So why don't we have a festival so we can have national DJs but also have... Um, 
we're gonna have a silent disco or we might have some live podcasts there who knows um we're gonna have an adult bounce house we're gonna have a um um ice cream float station we're gonna have oh just a whole bunch of shit and make it a full experience because orange soda um kind of how drake had for his birthday party you know he had yeah. the whole blockbuster vibes and you know they dress everything like we want to make everything back to the 2000s era and we want to do it on a grand scale um, and going back to supporting, um, I definitely got plugged this in. I definitely bought my ticket. That's another. <laughs> I definitely, as soon as I seen it, I was just, it, it, it many fresh wasn't even announced yet. Once I seen DJ Envy, I, I'm an Envy fan from the mix that obviously yeah. hip hop do. So I'm like, Oh, how there's no way I can miss this. Like, so, just on my own merit, like, there's no way I'm gonna miss this. I do want to say, shout out to Eric. If you ever spend a dollar at Orange Soda, shout out to you because you helped me quit my job. Um, but <laughs> more importantly, um, we had an anniversary party. We announced it. The anniversary was November 30th. We announced it in September. We didn't have the venue. We didn't have the DJs. We didn't have no information other than it was an anniversary party. We sold 20 tickets because niggas really fuck with us. And it was like $20 tickets too. 20 people was like, I don't care what they doing. I'm, I'm paying for it. Um, same thing with uh, um, Soda Fest. When we put that up on the screen at, uh, at Trism, somebody pulled out their phone that, at that moment and bought a ticket. And that was before they knew anybody who, who was DJing. There was no national acts. There ain't no nothing. So then we rolled out the DJs. We got we got uh, Tron, Nasty, Pastel, uh, Raiden Labs. King. DJ Mr. King DJ Mr. King overdue for Orange Soto so I'm like we're we gonna put him there and then me and uh, Don't Fret which our uh, our team name is uh, SMD Super Music Directors or whatever the other definition is yeah, yeah. Um, I like the other definition <laughs> and, um, and that, that was actually Reva's idea by the way so that's not the, mine but um, and then we uh, we rolled out DJ Unk you know DJ Unk is a real DJ yeah he's really a real DJ and he got hits um, and people was fucking with that Envy um I don't fucking say. I'm gonna say. I don't know if I'm an Envy fan, but he came up in that era. You know, Desert Storm, yeah, Block yeah, Party, yeah. all that. Um, and he represents uh, Shake Down. Listen, you know, <laughs> he, he had a couple Red Cafe tapes yeah, too. Yeah. Um, so Envy only made sense because we need we need somebody from the East Coast. But my my goal, um, shout out to Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans brought Manny Fresh here um, to judge a beat battle, but and I, I was in LA, so I, so I couldn't meet him. And Manny Fresh has never DJed here, so I remember where I was when I seen the Juvenile Hot video. I, I was sitting at the table doing homework. I looked up, and it, it changed my life. Manny Fresh is a hero to me, and so we had to have him here. Yeah, Manny Fresh, um, I tell everybody's Hot Boys Guerrilla Warfare changed my life. Um, you know, me being a lyrical miracle hip hop dude, yeah. I was like, wow, these dudes from the South are nice. Like, yeah, so um, I'm super excited about it. Um, I had tweeted this earlier in the year, and, um, you know, you guys responded positive to it, but I said you guys are the Ohio version of Duce Palooza. You know, see, uh... and I think that y'all can go on that level. You know what I'm saying? That that's just how I feel, and I still feel like that to this day. Like that's the blueprint. Yeah. I, I ain't gonna lie. I've listened to every. Um, first of all, I'm a day one Joe Budden fan. I remember when 
Peter Rosenberg was on there. So I'm a day one Joe Budden fan. But I've listened to every podcast that Rory and the rest of the team was have been on because that's the blueprint. We eventually, um, in 2020, we're going to start going to different cities. I'll tell you when we start recording what cities you're going to. But um, th- that's always been the goal. The, the, listen, man. The, um, <laughs> what started out as something small is growing into something big. And I know, like, Duce Palooza probably had uh, a lot of more influence because the, the affiliation with artists that are in the industry. Industry, yeah. But we don't need that. Like once again, Columbus is the biggest small city. We don't need um, the boost to get it popping. We're going to get it popping, and you're going to see the shit's going to change after this festival. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, tell the people the date for the festival. So Orange Soda Fest, the inaugural Orange Soda Fest is Saturday, August third, two thousand nineteen. It's from three p.m. to eleven p.m. The address is more exclusives. It is damn. Let me not get it wrong. Oh shit! I, like everybody's been asking me, like, where's the venue gonna be? Like, I don't know. Like, um, we got linking it together. I'm, I'm low key hot right now. What's the I, address? I really didn't know. It's I'm, either fifteen or sixteen hundred. Fifteen hundred Island Creek. Yeah, we taking it to the South Side. Ooh. That's what we do. Um, there's a. It's next door. So yeah, fifteen hundred um, Island Creek Drive, right across from the BMV. There's an open, there's an open lot. We gonna pack that bitch out with everything. <laughs> Outdoors, we gonna hammer. Listen, man. I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm hype. And once again, yeah, many fresh. Oh, and more exclusive. The after party will be at Trism. DJ Unk will be DJing at the after party. I love it. And uh, we got a silent disco. We haven't announced those DJs yet. We got some DJs that's going to be at the after party. We haven't announced them yet. And another thing about Orange Soda, this wasn't the original plan, but I just got tired of DJing for five hours. I'm like the same way I used to go to What Up Wednesdays and Giovanni. Honestly, he ain't just he just ain't want to DJ. So he was like, "You want to DJ?" I'm like, "Yeah." The same way. Level two. I used to go on Tuesdays at level. Gio was like, I'm about to go take a smoke. Be gone three hours. Yeah. And I'm in there spinning. I'm like, yeah. So the same way he put me on, I'm trying to put other niggas on. Um, so that's why we have different DJs every month that you might not know. And we, and we have a headliner of somebody that you that you might know. Shout out to Crate. We had Crate. We had uh, Fundy. Uh, we had we had Fate this month. We got some other people Shout in the future. F-A-T-E. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's why the uh, bill is packed with DJs because DJ niggas gotta put respect on the DJ's name. I feel like DJs are used as a utility and not as a creative, and we got creative shit to do. So everybody wants to be a DJ uh, in in their mind. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, I've always been like the best ghost DJ ever. You know what I'm saying? You gotta talk to Don Fred. Like she'll tell you that. When you get when you get in front of them tables and you're in front of six hundred people, your playlist ain't gonna work. Man. And let you put the wrong song on, niggas gonna look at you like with the stale face. Mm. Like, hey, yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just like that. Yo, I, I super appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I'm surprised you ain't spending now. Um Shout out your team, man, and please tell the people where they can find you and follow the whole Orange Soda movement because it's very important to the city. And um, I don't give a fuck what anybody think. I co-signed it. I'm stamping it. I I support it. You know, um, Burn has always been my guy. We've been super cool. Will Pounder is my guy. You know what I'm saying? I always we always been super cool family. Um, I, I love it. So please tell the people. Shout out your team and where they can follow you. When's it coming out? 
Um, I don't know when this is coming Before Thursday? But soon. Okay. Soon as fuck. (laughs) First of all, it's DJ Byrne, a.k.a. Bro Montana, a.k.a. Baby Lake Byrne. Um... Burning Friends LLC. That is uh, that's my corporation, and um, you know the, the people behind it. Um, it's me, of course. It's Ikees. It's Biot. It's Marlon Anthony. It's Will Pounder. Shout out to all the Orange Soda ambassadors. There's like thirty of them. I can't name all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Orange Soda. That's the first Friday every month. Y'all gotta stop doing events on the first Friday. That's our shit. Um, Talk your shit. We got we got Secret Thursday coming up. That's going to be every Thursday at a secret location. It starts on July fourth. So depending on when you listen to this, you might have missed it. Um, and shout out to Native Tongues. That's the third Wednesday of every uh, every month. Shout out to Omen. Omen from Dreamville just came and tore it down. So shout out to Trip and Mana. You know uh, that's the Native Tongues team. Trip is nice too. And uh, I also want to plug Just Friends. Uh, Destin and Ashley been fucking with me and Reva for a long time. Yeah, shout out to Just Friends for sure. And Just Friends is dope. Um, it's a dope R and B party. I'm a um, I'm gonna restrict myself and not say what I want to say, <laughs> but it, it's a dope R and B party, and uh, that's coming up. And shout out to everybody! Shout out to everybody that's ever booked me. Um, I definitely appreciate it, and uh, look out uh, for more projects on streaming services. I'm, I'm definitely trying to get in more production. And the next song is gonna be a. Um, uh, I'm gonna just say I sampled Trigger Man. It's gonna be one of them songs. Ooh-wee. So, man, um, thank you again. Uh, shout out to my guy, Soup. You know what I'm saying? Hold me down. That's family yard. And uh, we rock. Uh, man, it's your boy, Chad Dave from WWTB. What we talking about podcast. This is the check-in. And we are out of here. Peace.